Um, well, we're in the book of Acts and very pleased to be in the book of Acts. And we're still in chapter one, uh, but the story so far is that, of course, Acts is not the beginning of the story. Uh, the story started way back at the beginning of Luke's gospel because um, the writer of Acts tells us that in my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Uh, and last week, uh, Tim brought to us uh, that message of what Jesus has done in the past, uh, what he's currently doing and what he will do in the future. Um, but as we come uh, to this first chapter, we find uh, the uh, disciples, having been up to the Mount of Olives, uh, returning to Jerusalem. And Jesus has told them that they should wait for a few days and they would be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but that baptism hasn't yet arrived. So what is it that we make of these verses? How many sermons have you heard on these verses? Well, uh, I want to say first of all that I don't think these verses are an encouragement to pray, although they do include the fact that the apostles devoted themselves to prayer. Uh, I don't think these verses are really uh, a treatise on guidance, how to make decisions, although there is a very important decision that was made. Um, neither do I think that they are just part of Peter's life story. You might have heard um, people talk about how Peter was so rash and he was always uh, putting his foot in it, or opening his mouth and putting his foot in it, as we say. It took me a long time to work out what that meant. Um, so I don't think it's telling us that Peter got it wrong and he should have waited because the next apostle should have been the apostle Paul. No, I don't think there's anything in the text that suggests that Peter got it wrong. There's nothing, uh, and the Bible is not shy in pointing out the shortfalls of, of uh, Jesus' followers, is it? So I think if there'd been something wrong, it would be here, especially as Luke was friends with Paul. So what are we to make of it? Well, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that our passage starts with 11 and ends with 12. Sometimes I get called upon to help with uh, maths homework. Um, it's not that I'm good at maths, but even I know that if you have 12 and you take away one, you're left with 11. And I want you to notice, um, and if you keep your Bibles open, I think it's page 1092 in your Bibles, in the church Bibles, I want you to notice how at the beginning of our reading, the roll call is incomplete. Then they, and all the way through this passage, the they are the apostles, then the apostles returned to, Jeru to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. Uh, when they arrived, they went upstairs where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, 
Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Some of you will know people who can still remember the register from their class when they were at school. Uh, I didn't stay in one school for long enough to really, and I couldn't be bothered to learn all those names anyway. Um, I only remember a few odd names. But Luke knew these names. He'd already repeated them once in his gospel in chapter 6 and verse 13. So why does he repeat them again here? It's because there's one missing. There's only 11. Think of the pathos of that. The roll call is incomplete. In Luke's gospel, the apostles are very often referred to as the 12. Um, to separate them from the other disciples, there's this sort of special inner group, the 12. Um, but here, there are only 11. The 12 minus 1 are incomplete. Now, as we go through the reading, we find that that, that uh, fact worried Peter. And Peter stands up and he puts forward a proposal. You see, the fact that Jesus chose 12 apostles and he in fact went up a mountain to sort of remind us of Moses and, and the Old Testament, and he chose 12 apostles, was significant. It wasn't just like in a football match. Um, if someone gets sent off, there's a person missing, so you, you know, everyone else has to work a bit harder. It wasn't just that sort of thing. It was that the, the totality of the apostles should have been 12 just as the, um, the sons of Jacob were 12. And then the people of Israel were 12 tribes. Uh, the first reference I could find in the scriptures to 12 actually refers to Ishmael being the father of 12 kings. There was something special, something complete about 12 and God in his purposes had brought about his people in 12 tribes and here we've got not 12 apostles but 11 the number was incomplete back in the old testament those um, those 12 tribes had been given a task um, when God promised to Abraham that Abraham would, uh, would have more descendants than there were sands of, uh, grains of sand on, on the beach, he also said that all nations on earth will be blessed through you. That ministry of blessing, that way that God worked through those 12 brothers and then their descendants to spread his word, to bless all the nations. That was there. Well, I think some of this was on Peter's mind, and I think he'd been paying attention in his um, daily devotions. It seems like he'd been reading the Psalms, uh, and 
So Peter stands up, it says in verse 15, in those days Peter stood up among the believers and said, brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And then the NIV starts a new sentence, he was one of our number. But in the Greek there is another word in there, because he was one of our number and shared in our ministry. And then if we jump to verse 20, for it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. So you see, Peter says the scripture has to be fulfilled because he was one of our number. Because, for, it is written in the book of Psalms. This situation uh, was foretold in scripture. It wasn't just that they looked back and realized there were 12 uh, sons of Jacob there was a specific um, prediction of this whole event. And if you uh, were to look back at Psalm 69 and read the whole psalm, you would find it a psalm um, of somebody who has been attacked unjustly, somebody who is in desperate situation, uh, and somebody who really wants relief from that, and speaks of the person who is attacking them and says, uh, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. In fact, he calls down a number of curses on that person. And Psalm 109, even more so, uh, speaks of um, the innocent person being really uh, accused and persecuted by those around them. And in that psalm, uh, there is what sounds very much like uh, a call for revenge. But one of the things that is said about the one who is, you see, the psalmist who is David says, with words of hatred, they surround me, they attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. And then it goes on and in verse eight says, may his days, that is my accuser, be few. May another take his place of leadership. Because the missing apostle had been one of the 12, because he had been part of that ministry, then there was judgment and there was the need for him to be replaced. The 12 minus one were incomplete. There had been times in Israel's history when the 12 had been incomplete. Uh, I don't know whether it's reading too much in, but it seemed to be that those times were times when God was about to do something new. Uh, 
Think of uh, the time when Joseph was taken down to, uh, to Egypt. His 11 brothers were left, weren't they? And they didn't do very well. They had a miserable time living with guilt. Um, and then there was famine. And then there was a salvation, wasn't there, when they were reunited. If you read the book of Judges, you'll find a very, very sad event at the end of Judges where one of the tribes, the tribe of Benjamin, is almost completely wiped out. Almost completely. Not by foreigners, but by the other tribes. And only 600 men are left. Even the women and the children are dead. Uh, and the other Israelites who have fought doggedly against Benjamin because Benjamin had sinned, they weep over that situation. And they seek to bring, they say, can one of our brothers, can one of the tribes disappear? And no, they can't. And they formulate a plan, not a very good plan really, but a plan to get Benjamin back on its feet. And that's just before we then move on to the kings. There seems to be this sense that the 12 is what is necessary. So, Peter stands up and he says, this is what has been spoken. Um, and he then sets out what they should do. Peter is taking the leadership that the Lord had given him. Um, remember, he, he was sort of uh, handed that, uh, that first place amongst the apostles. Um, and he suggests the way forward. Therefore, he says in verse 21, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. If we look back right to verse 2 in chapter 1, we read uh, that... Um, well, I'll start in verse 1. I wrote all about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. The apostles were chosen by Jesus. Now they come to choose a replacement. And in this chapter, they've hardly mentioned his name, the one who is missing. He's missing from the roll call, um, and his name actually in the Greek is only there the once. Um, and what we learn about him uh, is that he was concerned, David's predictions was concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And then it says in verse 18, we get these, this little detail, uh, one of the gory passages of the New Testament, um, with the reward he got for his wickedness, and it, the, the Greek says, this man, hardly able to say his name, bought a field, there he fell headlong, his body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. 
Now, why did we need to know that? I've been racking my brains trying to think why we needed to know that. It's not a, not a pleasant picture, is it? But I think this is simply Luke saying to us, go and check. You know, Luke says back in his gospel, I've, I've talked to all these witnesses. I think he's saying, go and check. Go and talk to anyone in Jerusalem. Because he says, um, everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. Go and talk to anyone in Jerusalem. They'll all tell you. Judas, the one who had followed Jesus, he got his comeuppance. So much so that his intestines spilled out of him all over the ground. So that field was called the field of blood. So with that sort of background, Peter is now saying we need a replacement. And look what they do. They choose two guys who fit the requirement, people who had been with Jesus since Jesus was baptised, right through Jesus' ministry, who had witnessed the risen Lord Jesus and who had seen that risen Lord Jesus return to heaven. Two guys, uh, Joseph and Matthias. And then they pray, Lord, you know everyone's heart. And remember verse 2, the apostles he had chosen. Show us which of these two you have chosen. If the 12 minus 1 are incomplete, the 11 plus 1 are Christ's chosen witnesses. They are Christ's chosen witnesses. And what they are to witness to is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Uh, to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas has left us, left to go where he belongs. The lot fell on Matthias and he was added to the 11 apostles. So right at this crucial stage, in the young church's life, an, incom an, an incompleteness was made complete. Now, all that seems to have happened a long time ago, doesn't it? So what is there for us to take away? I think the main thing that this passage is teaching us is that those apostles are chosen by Jesus to be his witnesses so they can be trusted and we should listen to them. Peter tells us, doesn't he, that the Holy Spirit spoke through David. Did you notice that? When he quotes the Psalms, um, he says uh, in verse 16, the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David. In other words, although David wrote those words, and David wrote them about his personal suffering and his personal situation, the Holy Spirit was inspiring those words in such a way that although they were written to a specific situation way back in about a thousand 
BC, they also and more fully applied to this situation. Now these apostles are the witnesses and so what they say in the scriptures can be trusted. Just as God spoke through, the Holy Spirit spoke through David, so the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, speaks to us through the apostles. In chapter 2 and verse 42, we read that when they were all together, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This was God's way of taking things forward. The apostles are Christ's chosen witnesses. Listen to them. But there is a bit of a postscript I want to add. Um, this completeness, the people, the sons of Jacob, the tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles leads us forward. And as we look forward, and this was something that the first readers of Acts weren't able to do, but we as readers of Acts can now also read Revelation. And in the book of Revelation and chapter 7, we find that I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. And, of course, 144, for those of you who are good at maths, is 12 times 12. All of God's people were there. But by choosing 12 disciples, 12 apostles, Jesus was saying, this is the new Jerusalem. This is the new covenant. This is not my old covenant this is something new. And in Revelation and chapter 21, we read about the new Jerusalem. And we read in 21 and verse 12, ironically, it had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. We are part of the complete new Israel. Those 12 apostles were, if you like, the embryo which was about to um, burst into growth. This is uh, next week's sermon will take us into that. The 12 minus 1 were incomplete, but the, 12, the 11 plus 1 were Christ's chosen witnesses. And we must listen to them and look forward to that day when the new Jerusalem will uh, come down to earth. That new Jerusalem which is the complete 
people of God. That is, including us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your purposes for salvation is for a complete people of God. Your purpose worked right through from the Old Testament, right through uh, into these events that we read about uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension. We thank you that uh, it was always your purpose to choose a people, a complete people, to be a blessing to the nations. We thank you for the witness that you gave first of all and especially to those apostles. Um, but we thank you too that you call us to um, continue that line of witness, to tell others of you, to tell others of your resurrection um, and all that you have done in bringing us salvation. Lord Jesus, we ask you to um, open our hearts and our minds to what you say through your word and that you'll apply that to our hearts by your Holy Spirit. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.